Hey folks, this is Steve Heiding, and thank you for tuning in to this week's Northwoods Muskie Report. A big thank you goes to MAPS, maker of the world's number one lure, for sponsoring these segments. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss the three biggest mistakes I see among muskie anglers. I really hate to call these common mistakes because it makes me sound elitist, and that's the last thing I want to do here. My goal in producing these segments is simply to help everyone become better muskie anglers and to enjoy our beautiful Northwoods region. That said, I've taught muskie fishing schools for more than 30 years, and I guarantee you what I will discuss today is very common, yet easily correctable. The first mistake is most muskie fishermen don't set their drag correctly. For this reason, I check the drag of everyone fishing with me before we start the day. First and foremost, you need to set the hook when a muskie bites, and if your drag slips on the hook set, you often won't hook up. Today's braided lines stretch about 2 to 3%, which equates to 2 to 3 feet if a fish hits after a 100 foot cast. If your drag slips, you won't move the bait in the muskie's mouth and get the hook set. I want the drag set so I can barely pull it out when grabbing the line above the reel. Set that way, the drag won't slip on the hook set, and a big muskie can still pull drag alongside the boat. If this worries you, you can always back your star drag off slightly while fighting a fish. A tip regarding drags, always back them off at the end of the day to allow the mechanism to relax and last longer. The second mistake I see is anglers not having enough line on their spools. I realize braided line is expensive, but you should always fill your reel spool until a sixteenth of an inch or so of the spool's edge is visible. Not having enough line on your spool affects casting distance as well as retrieve speed. Retrieve speed can be a huge component in getting muskies to strike as well as simply reeling in fast enough to keep your lure above weeds or the bottom. A tip when filling your spool. Use monofilament line of around 20 pound test to fill the spool about a fourth of the way. Then tie a blood knot to connect the mono and braid, and then fill the spool the remainder of the way. Mono backing serves two purposes. First, it's less expensive than filling your reel completely with braid, plus it packs down on the spool and prevents line slippage. In fact, Guys who do reel repair say they commonly find line slippage to be the issue when an angler brings in a reel whose drag is thought to be blown. The third mistake we'll discuss today is using leaders that are not right for the job. I've seen so many anglers with expensive boats, baits, rods, and reels who then try to skimp with cheap leaders from the discount store. Quality musky leaders like those made by Stealth Tackle and others are expensive because they have better components that won't fail under the stress of a musky thrashing at boatside. Another leader consideration is how they affect lure performance. Heavy, bulky leaders are great for larger baits, but when used with smaller lures, they create drag in the water and weigh down the nose. The result is often poor lure performance, often the point that the lure just doesn't run right. Lightweight leaders, made with the same components as heavier leaders, but downsized, are a much better option. Don't forget that the National Championship Muskie Open will be held in Eagle River in two weeks. August 19th to the 21st. This is the world's largest muskie tournament, and I look forward to seeing many of you there. To sign up in advance, visit eagleriver.org. I'm Steve Hiding, and thanks again for tuning in to this week's Northwoods Muskie Report. And thanks to MEPS for bringing these segments to you. To see all of MEPS' fine products, visit MEPS.com. I hope to see you on the water, and we'll be back with a new report next week.